right, all right. Check one, check two. This is it. Welcome to the Cannabis Coffee With your host, me, Rob Cantrell, coming to you live and direct for the internet for episode 178 of the Cannabis Coffee Hour. Oh yeah. How's your week going, everybody? I'm surfing through the internet right into your ear holes, and uh, we're going to have a nice cup of coffee. I'm going to hit my little one-hitter and uh, talk to you cats for a while. Uh, but I, before we start the show, I have a big show. I'm producing my own shows uh, in Brooklyn right now, and I'm doing two of them. And there, it's at Littlefield, and Littlefield is in Gowanus, which is right. You could take uh, the R train, take the R train to Union Station, and walk right over to Littlefield, and it's this cool like art venue um, on Sunday, June 26. Rob Cantrell's Super Friends, 8.30. Go get tickets. Uh, there's a link at Rob Cantrell Shows. There's a link at the website of the Littlefield, which is a venue. You can put in Littlefield, New York, and it'll go right to the venue. And there's a link. Sunday, I got a hot show, a great show. Uh, it's mostly me just doing hosting. Uh, doing a lot of material. I'm going to do all my old material, all my new material, all my just thinkabouts and walkabouts. Just general vibeism is uh, is is the, is the vibe on this show. It's me just getting loose, uh, which I'd like to do. Um, but I got some great uh, comics that are showing up. Dave Hill, amazing guitarist, uh, amazing comedian, amazing writer, uh, very funny, subversive, like... He's got his own vibe and it's killer, man. Uh, check out Dave Hill. He's a great comedian, super funny. He'll who knows what he's going to be coming up with. I know he's doing some shows with some death metal bands in Sweden, <laughs> uh, but he's out there, but in the coolest possible way. Um, and then Reg, uh, Dave Hill, and he's like an amazing guitarist, uh, not to get on his Johnson. But uh, I think he is the best comedian that plays guitar I've ever seen in my life. Like he's electric, like he, he could do all the fingerboarding, uh, Van Halen shit, he's amazing. And then we got Reggie Conquest who's coming through, um, who's on the HBO show Insecure, but then there's me and he's great. Reggie's amazing. Uh, I've known him since he moved up from Philly. He has a funny backstory. His dad was a cop in Philly. Uh, he has a crazy cool backstory and how he approaches his stand-up is amazing. It's just, it, it comes from a different angle and I dig it. So this is going to be a monster show. I might throw up a few others, uh, come through, post up, post about it, tell your friends. Okay. Plug a nation. <laughs> I, uh, I'm kind of sick of the plugs, but I did the last episode, the last three episodes, I was like, I got to plug my big show coming up and I keep on forgetting. So uh, before I hit this uh, nice herb here, I wanted to say I got a big show in Brooklyn, New York. I really want everybody that can hear this come to the show um, if you're anywhere near. I, I promise you it's going to be amazing. Uh, in terms of comedy, uh, it should be pretty good. Uh, I'll give it my all. Uh, I may bring my cat. Uh <laughs> But I got a couple friends, and uh, if you know the vibe, then you know the vibe, and it should be a lot of fun. So I'm looking forward to that. I'm also looking forward to this cup of coffee. Um, I started the morning with a little bit of a chai tea. I have to say, like the other day, I think I drank a little bit. I got this super dark roast uh, from Costco. I, I burned through my uh, Atlas coffee, su coffee supply. And now I'm on to my Cafe Cubano roast. Bold. This is, I guess this is Cuban Mararago. Uh, this is specialty beans. This is high grade organic. I am kind of a snob when it comes to this shit. Not all the time. I could switch it up. But I just, you know, you like to know the tears. Uh, but this is a, this is just a great bag of dark. The only thing is it's super dark 
dark, dark coffee. Um, and uh, it tastes great. It's kind of like rainy out there. It feels a little bit like uh, San Francisco right now. It's, or, you know, just kind of like good dark coffee for some reason hits really good when it's cold and kind of wet out there. That's when you want some good dark coffee or first thing in the morning. Now, this is a batch from my Chemex. It's a specialty cup that I just made for this podcast. Um, I got it in my favorite Brooklyn cup. Check that out. You can watch the video of this on the Patreon, Rob Cantrell Coffee Patreon. You can watch me drinking coffee and smoking weed and doing this podcast. If you were like, hey, I wonder what this dude looks like. I've been listening to him. Um, I wonder how he's doing this. Well, here I am. I'm doing it. You can check it out live. Rob Cantrell, Patreon, support the Patreon. You know, uh, as I move forward with legal, as we move forward with legalization throughout the nation, throughout the universe, it seems like, um, I just think this is a great podcast, great platform to get things out there. The numbers are going up. I want to appreciate everybody that's liking and subscribing. If you're listening to this, uh, like and subscribe, like it up, subscribe. It doesn't cost anything to hit the like button. Hit that up, my man or my woman or my girl, uh, my friend, my cat, my dog. Um, let's rock it out. Um, but I, yeah, I have what's called a little bit of a uh, one hitter of this new strain called Pie Hole um, that I picked up from my good friends over at Mr. Nice Guys in Brooklyn. It's an actual new dispensary. That is, uh, they run things really well and really sweet and really simple. And uh, they're not cheesy. It's not over the top, but they got the goods. You know, they got the real. Um, I've been around the block, so I know uh, what the cannabis should be like. And before, you know, some of these uh, legal dispensaries started to pop up, there was just a lot of bodega. Like I, you've heard this sketch, this episode before. Um, not episode before, but um, you've heard this before that I, you know, I, I did not, I, I don't like black market cannabis. I do like it legal. I do like it from a dispensary. I do like it um, from a real grower that loves the herb, that loves the plant, that um, is probably into nature and probably has a kombucha supply. <laughs> Uh, but the thing about cannabis is like it, it ranges from all types of people in all cultures. Um, American culture, uh, Australia. Australia has like a crazy cannabis background, too. I think there's like uh, there's like one town. It's a NIMBY or something. There's like one there. Amsterdam is there. Um, I've heard great things about that place. Um, but let's try some of this pie hole number five. <laughs> it's a good name. Uh, shut your pie hole. Uh, I always liked that's a that's a good telling somebody to shut up is uh, kind of harsh, but sometimes you got to do it. But, you know, sometimes it's a little, you know, like for real. Um, but telling somebody like shut your pie hole. <laughs> I mean, that means like what you, you've been eating pie all day. All right. You're like, you know, pie hole, like you, you put pie in your mouth. Oh, wow. Super smooth. First hit of the day there. Um, whoa. I could feel like a good tingle. I haven't had, you know, I have been on somewhat of a uh, tolerance break. You got to do that sometimes with cannabis. It's like you got to take a little bit of break for a few days. Same thing with coffee. I was backing off a little bit, but then I was like, yo, I got to do a podcast. I got to get a little bit of herb and a little bit of coffee. And that's what I like about this podcast because it's, you know, it's kind of like, me taking my break time and uh, making something fun out of it. <laughs> but sometimes I can get lost in my break time. So at least like if I'm just like, yo, man, all I did was, you know, at least I'm feeling productive 
while I'm smoking, which is something that a lot of people are doing right now. I did see a cool thing on High Times uh, magazine the other day about um, productive stoners. And there is so many productive stoners out there. Shout out to all the productive stoners. Shout out to all the non-greasy stoners. The non, uh, you know, there's a dark side to hippiedom, as I always say. <laughs> there's a dark side to everything. Um, but sometimes you got to, you know, you got to see it for what it is. But where was I going with that? Um, I guess this pie hole got a hold of me. But uh, yeah, I speaking of uh, pie hole, I have I have another song. I just been I fell back into the band um, Humble Pie. I love these guys, man. Steve Marriott. Uh, I know I've been talking about these guys for a while. It's just kind of it's kind of just seeped into my lexicon. I would say I listen to a lot of turnstile and a lot of humble pie. <laughs> um, but uh, yeah, humble pie was Steve Marriott and Peter Frampton. Um, and Steve Marriott was in the small faces. These were all the bands in London that were around the who around the Beatles around the Rolling Stones. So in that circle, Steve Marriott was like known as a very good guitarist and soulful. Like the thing about Humble Pie is what I'm learning and loving um, is that they have soul. They really incorporate soul music like uh, they brought Led Zeppelin out like Led Zeppelin would come and watch their shows before they formed. Like he said, he remembers seeing uh, I was, you know, you go down these little holes and all of a sudden I'm, I'm reading about the band 70s band Humble Pie for four hours. Not that bad, but I'll go go down like a good uh, band uh, music scape, escape, internet voyage all the time. And I, I, I know if I'm doing it, you're doing it, too. So, I, yeah, so I've been digging on Humble Pie and um, they have a like at first at first listen, I was like, I don't know about this. I mean, it's all right. It just sounds like good rock and roll. But in further examination and then getting turned on by the song Black Coffee, uh, if you if if you watch the tin whistle video of the song Black Coffee by Humble Pie, he has these three soul singers, Steve Marriott, singing with them. Um, and it sounds so amazing. And then I listen to his other stuff, and it really is uh, a London's cat. Like I was listening to, like like it was it's it's Peter Frampton and Steve Marriott. I mean, not to go down to, you know, this is the cannabis coffee hour. So a lot of you guys are stoners, so you might be into this. But uh, but yeah, this is some 70s rock, you know, kind of bong hit music. Uh, Peter Frampton with the. Do you you. Now, Peter Frampton was in Humble Pie before he came out with Peter Frampton Comes Alive, which is the album every 70s classic rock freak knows about because um, he has this voice. He has that thing that they run through the guitar and it's like. And uh, and that was the, that that's what made that live album so hidden you know it's a lot of like i guess what uh looping is i guess who's the redhead uh singer uh from london I, you guys know what i'm talking about but he pretty much did the looping pedal with uh with his guitar and kind of created a landscape and that blew everybody away because they hadn't seen this new technology you know same thing with uh peter frampton comes alive like that voice box, it's like it's called a voice box and it, it runs the guitar in this like tube, like this uh, plastic tube that goes to your mouth. Now, it does not look cool because uh, it's like this big, funky straw and it's like playing through the instrument. It's just the weirdest thing, but it sounds beautiful. Isn't that wild? Now, to make a further connection on this is uh, California knows how to party california i forget who they sample in that i think it's the gap band 
It may be so it's no Zap and Roger. It they were a 70s later 70s funk groove that Dr. Dre samples, but they use that voice code like they would do the wah, 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 wah. they would do it on the keyboards. And that's California knows how to party. And uh California, which is, I have to say, I mean, as much as I love New York hip hop, and I I cut like I'm a kind of like I've said, I'm kind of a snob. Like, and I grew up on the East Coast and I was born in 1972. So with hip hop, if somebody's talking hip hop, like just just remember my first concert was Houdini. All right. Uh, it was Grandmaster Flash, Houdini, Run DMC on their second album. It was in the Fat Boys. It was before the Beastie Boys. I went to see the Fresh Fest in Roanoke, Virginia. I tell the story on. Um, on uh, on my album, Pure Uncut Joy, which you cannot stream on Spotify because they're they owe me royalties is what my label's saying. They're they're in some I have this great label and I loved working with them. I'm you know, I want to work with them again, but there's this uh, thing going on. But my but my other music album is on Spotify. And the weird thing is, I like Spotify now, like <laughs> I kind of go back and forth, but you know, it is good technology. Um, it's, you know, it's a different, and that's, I guess what I'm trying to talk about is new technology and how things like flip. So it's like Peter Frampton used that voice coder and it was such a new weird sound and that everybody fell in love with it. And then what I'm saying is Zap and Roger used it in the seventies. And then Dr. Dre sampled it for the California song. Which is amazing, which I'm which is my other point was uh, was Dr. Dre's uh, and Tupac's, you know, uh, California knows how to party. That song is literally um, one of my favorite songs. You know, I hate the violence and stuff like that, but it does just pump. You know what else pumps? You know, I heard it and I was and I'm not a huge 50 cent fan, but I do remember 2003. That out how big that song was, like as big as anything was now, that song was so much bigger because there wasn't social media like it just dominated. It just was like, boom, this is it, man. Every that full album, 50 cents, full first album. That first song is just uh, and I'm not a huge Eminem fan. I was kind of a hater, you know, um, that dude's the same age as I am. You know, I respect him as an artist, you know, when I got into stand up and really started appreciating, you know, the hard work it takes for, you know, all show business is fucking, you know, some people get lucky and social media and you might. But then there's a flip side of the coin to all that. There's the ego trip and you find out how all, you know, so many young rappers and so many young comedians and so many young actors die because the ego trip is so heavy, you know can't come back but that california song is one of my favorites but what was i talking about so if somebody's talking you know i do love new york hip-hop i lately i've been full rock him like like rock him is god in a sense uh but he's the first one that kind of has that um rock him god you know i always loved all those like lord this lord that um uh lords of the underground god it, it comes from kind of a islam vibe but i also like that empowerment sentence and kind of empowering yourself uh but not every but everybody should be empowering themselves not to get super spiritual <laughs> uh but no the rock chem shit I just, you know, last episode I was talking about DMX, but Rakim, Rakim influenced DMX. But I watched this crazy interview on YouTube. YouTube is crazy. But it was when they were older and it's Rakim and DMX meeting for the first time backstage. Well, they they talk about it like I saw you in the 90s, like but it was backstage. But it now it was like in the mid 2000s before DMX died. You know, they're both, you know, older uh, and they were just talking about their careers and he was just giving flowers to Rakim so hardcore. 
Um, he was like, this is the dude that made me want to rap. This dude, he goes, this dude, this is what he said. He said, this dude said the illest shit and never cursed on a record, like never cursed on any of his hip hop records. And his shit was more gangster than the most gangster shit out there. That's a rock is like that. It's just coded in complete, uh, you know, just fucking a dope, dope artist, man. Um, how, I mean, but everybody, you know, every, it's kind of like, but then I, you know, you, you, you kind of go through phases in life and you play something too much and you listen to it and then it gets played out. Um, but that's why I kind of fell into humble pie and we'll talk about seventies rock and humble pie. I I'm enjoying this episode. I'm having a blast. I don't know if anybody else is, and hopefully you understand me. Um, but I think we're having a good time. Um, I know I am. But yeah, going back to uh, Humble Pie. Um, like they had soul in their music. And what's crazy is uh, I saw this interview with David Bowie and he was just talking about London in the Beatles <clears throat> and he was talking about kind of the vibe of this is what I'm kind of getting my head around it's like post-World War II is when the Beatles like after World War II the 40s were all fucked up and then the 50s everybody's getting their life together and then the 60s hit and all these kids grew up in that or their their parents did um, and they're kind of like these springs of youth and art that pop out. And what they took was rock and roll popped out in the 60s. And that, you know, rock and roll, that freedom, that rebellion, that uh, joy, uh, the vibration. But the kids in London heard it different. And heard it from, you know, uh, African-American, American artists, you know, as Sam Cooke, Little Richard, like, you know, it was kind of like them listening uh, to this new music and then they process it. And then there is a hip scene, you know, they got their cool little city. They got the cool little town. They got the cool little culture. Not little. I just think of that as like everybody has a scene. Everybody has a culture. All these countries all these towns have like two or three cool blocks where everybody, where the good pizza's at, where the good coffee's at, where the good record store's at, where the good venue's at. Um, so it's like, you know, they just kind of took, they kind of Americanized this stuff and kind of came out with their own thing. Um, and that's, that's kind of leads me. I mean, like, uh, so humble pie, what I think is amazing about them is that, you know, I was definitely a diehard Led Zeppelin. I still am like, it, you know, I wear a lot of like uh, Pink Floyd shirts and uh, and uh, I have a Pink Floyd coffee mug. And uh, this is that Brooklyn like coffee mug that I really like. It's mostly like how it's just made. It's just sturdy and the porcelain is fucking banging. Um, it's solid. It's authentic. You could tell somebody made this shit with their hand. And that's what I was going to say about Humble Pie was uh, as much as Led Zeppelin, you know, it kind of gets into wizards and elves and, you know, mysticism and all this shit. Whereas Humble Pie, you know, they just did soul music. They just did rock and roll and soul music in its purest form. So you're kind of like, you know, who's really, you know, I don't know. Everybody has their own gig, but it's just a different vibe. And I haven't played it out. The only thing about Led Zeppelin or even the Beastie Boys or, uh, you know, all the stuff that I grew up with, Nirvana, uh, Smashing Pumpkins, you know, the groove is kind of worn out in my head because I've had it so much, you know, and I think that's with hip hop, too, as well. Um, and the new hip hop has such a new stylized beats where, you know, it still flows and is dope. You know, a lot of these guys I like, but um, I don't listen to it on the regular. 
I, you know, I'm pumping, I'm pumping some humble pie. <laughs> I'm pumping some Donovan. Uh, yeah, man. Uh, yeah, Steve Marriott and Peter Frampton. Yo, yo. So it was like David Bowie grew up with Peter Frampton. That's the video I saw. And he was talking about, um, he was talking to Peter Frampton. He was just like, yeah, that guy's one of the best guitarists in London. You know, everybody was just like jocking Eric Clapton and uh, Pete Townsend. But, you know, Peter Frampton was like, in terms of blues guitarists, that's what they were doing too in London. They were doing the blues. Now the blues, like the real, I have, I, I can't say I know that much about the blues. I mean, I might, I know some Sunhouse. I know some records that other rock bands shot out. Um, but yeah, I do know some Sunhouse, and I saw. You know, I, I can't say I'm not a. I've saw Buddy Guy play a couple times. I saw Buddy Guy play at a concert and I went to buddy guys bar and saw somebody play. Um, and then I went to BB Kings. I think I performed at BB Kings. I almost performed at B. I don't think I ever did BB Kings. Now BB Kings was in, uh, was BB King was like the, you know, the guitarist of blues musicians. That was the, you know, that was you know, the great jet, the great blues artist, I guess, of the later year, more of the mar modern times, like 50s and 60s. Um, but man, it, that has a deep, deep history. I need to get into all these records. I think it's everybody's into vinyl and you're like, why would you listen to vinyl? But now I kind of get why vinyl is so popular because you could a lot of it is like we've gotten to this point where we have so much media, you know, you could just sit back and figure out what movie you want to see. You know, all these streaming services are amazing. Shout out to Peacock, <laughs> uh, which I got to be on, but I had to pay a fee to watch my episode. <laughs> uh, so yeah, that my wife made a joke about that and that was kind of funny, but they paid me, but then I used the money to buy fucking Peacock. Uh, but where was I going with that? I was talking about, oh man, we were having a great conversation there. I was talking about, um, yeah, Humble Pie and Led Zeppelin and soul, authenticity, um, good coffee, good herb. Yeah, authenticity is what's happening right now. Um, it's always been happening, but it's so far in in between so if things are authentic that's why i'm trying to jump on and do these podcasts weekly give you good sound quality change up the beats figure it out like and subscribe but uh i do believe with like oh yeah with audio like we have so much media at our disposal you know like a dude with a laptop now has like a multimedia, multi-billion dollar multimedia device of the 1980s. You know, you literally have a database of every film or most current stuff that's out there. Um, so it's like, yo, right now I'm into like reading books and watching movies. And this Mel Brooks book, I'm about to be finished. Guys, you guys gotta read this book mel brooks it's all about me is one of my favorite books of all fucking time i swear to god brother i don't read many that that many books this is the cannabis coffee hour uh, but i do i'm trying this year i'm not trying i am doing i'm reading books i like reading books i like getting my brain right um but this mel brooks all about me my remarkable life in show business is one of the most amazing books I've ever read in my entire life. I'm almost done and it bums me out. But if you ever wanna get into show business, I don't care if it's movies, acting or music or writing, you, this guy is one of the most amazing directors, producers, writers, funny comedians of all time, man. This dude is a super G. 
He fought in World War II, came out and started writing jokes for comedians. And he was a comedian, um, but he got on the show of shows with Sid Caesar, which I guess was like the Tonight Show of the day. Uh, it's like Saturday Night Live, I would believe. And he was a writer. And then he went on to produce movies. Some of the funniest Blazing Saddles is one of my favorite movies of all time. Um, and he, he, he fought in World War II and then he came out and he started writing, but he has a love for Broadway. And, he ha and he's a guy's guy. He used to play, uh, he played drums with uh, Buddy Rich. He, him in Brooklyn, and he like grew up with Buddy Rich's brother, um, his younger brother. And he got to play with them and learn from a big time drummer. I would love to talk to Bill Burr about the Mel Brooks All About Me book. Uh, I should give him a shout out. Um, I was trying. Yeah, shout out to Bill Burr and All Things Comedy. Those are my buddies. Um, and he's done the podcast. I was trying to get him on before, but he got busy playing baseball theaters. Um, but I'll get him back on the podcast. But. I'm going to get more and more guests on, but I also love, love, love doing these uh, solo ones. It's just very uh, economic in the sense of time and matter, and I'm getting something out of it. Uh, I appreciate you guys listening. Uh, I'm enjoying this great cup of dark roasted lava, java, zava. Uh, I got a nice one just packed of just great glorious um cannabis american legal cannabis uh i got the mel brooks book i'm almost done um it's been amazing i'm at page 337 not 227 but 337 and it is oh my gosh he wrote a 500 page book it's 400 and over dude this guy had the best career of all time 459 pages and he's like 89 years old or older i don't even know if he was in world war ii he has to be over 90 um but this is like it reads so good and it sounds like him and every chapter is a movie that's it starts like his early Brooklyn life. It then goes into World War II and then it goes to being a TV writer. And then it goes to all the stories on how to produce and direct and write and hooking up with characters. A lot of it's hanging out and lunching is what I'm, what I'm figuring out. I need to hang out and eat more with people. Uh, and, you know, it's just networking and and working with people that you've worked with before in the past and how they somehow, they kind of work in the future. That's how, you know, with my learning of show business is like the friends that I got very, very early on. That's why I gave a shout out to all things comedy. Al Madrigal, I started out with him in San Francisco and it was such a great scene. He's such a great comic, great dude. Uh, but those are my friends. Those are my natural friends. Like I haven't hit them up for any business, but uh but that's how show business works is like you dudes you start with or even that's different. Maybe that's 20 years from now or 30 years from now. like uh, even just now, like the vibration that you're putting in and, and people have come in and out of my life and how people from a past life will spring up in a future life and hook me up with a showbiz job. That's how I got to tour with Tracy Morgan for a year and a half was uh, my good friend Mark Theobald. Uh, Mark Theobald, great stand-up comic, writer, producer, but I did shows with him at the Boston Comedy Club, like, you know, when I was three years in, right after uh, the first season of Last Comic Standing, when I started doing spots in New York um, at the Boston, the Boston Comedy Club. Um, that's a crazy story. I have so many crazy stories about stand-up. But yeah, the Boston Comedy Club was owned by Barry Katz, who was managing me right after the first season of Last Comic Standing. And Barry Katz, and, and uh, it was 2003, and, and there'd never been a Last Comic Standing. And it was so big, and I wasn't like the super winner. I was like number seven, but made it to the top 10. So I got enough juice 
to get a manager. But the problem was I was only three years in and, you know, I came from San Francisco coffee shops. Like all I did was smoke weed, drink coffee, do the punch. And then I did comedy clubs. I mean, I did like a super like the thing about San Francisco, they love weirdos. And so they loved my comedy. I had a good little following three years in, not even, you know, I wasn't, but I did sell out the great American music hall. Um, I got to stop bragging and dropping names. But the thing is, is that the great American music hall is one of the dopest venues in San Francisco. And so is the punchline comedy club is where I started, but I got to uh, play the, the great American music hall twice, once opening up for uh, Richard Lewis and then another time headlining right after I got on last comic standing, the comedy clubs didn't know who I was. And I didn't have like an hour of material. I had like 15 minutes out on the road material. And I had about uh, in the city, like stoned out, you know, coffee shop. I would guess it was a little bit even before the alternative scene. I remember kind of figuring out who Zach Galifianakis was back in uh, 99, 2000, even. Um, I just started doing comedy, but I started in San Francisco. And then he was featuring for David Tell and came to the punchline. And he had all this heat on him. He was like the next biggest thing. Uh, and he ended up being that. <laughs> He's a great guy. Shout out to Big Z. Uh, I don't know him that well, but I have performed with him and done stand up with him. Uh, I would say, yeah, a bunch over the years, not a bunch, but before he got um, the big movie um, stuff going on, uh, we did, a, you know, I did a lot of these bar shows. I did a lot of these alternative venues and that's the type of cat uh, I was. I like the weirdos. I like this. Come out to my show at Littlefield in Brooklyn. We're definitely going to get uh, odd that night. Um, but San Francisco is such a stoner like trippy scene. I know it has a different connotation now in 2022, but when I moved there, it was way out. It's still probably, you know, I'd play there in a minute. I think it's one of the best places in the world. Um, even though it's going through some funky shit, but I know the right spots to chill. I know where the beach is at. I know where the Buffalo hang out in Golden Gate Park. I know where the fucking, what, what neighborhood not to hang out in. I know which burrito spot is the best. I don't know which one's the best. That's that's a cocky ass Bay Area thing to say right there. I know some generic ones, not the heavy, heavy, deep shit. But yeah, I love San Francisco. Uh, shout out to all my friends there. But what was this? Oh, Robin Williams. Yeah, Robin Williams. Uh, his first special that I remember watching with my dad. And this was like my dad passed away when I was 10. So I was thinking about it like, yeah, I would watch comedy specials with them. Um, but we watched the Robin Williams special. He was psyched about Robin. He thought he was very artistic. My dad re respected super artists and good shit. And uh, Robin Williams just was a monster. That first comedy special, because he came from like Mork and Mindy, which was like the biggest sitcom ever. Talk about a career, dude, Robin Williams. Right? There's, so, I mean, show business is a wild, big universe. And there's a... Uh, and the whole idea of getting famous and being on stage is a uh, is a trippy little thing, you know. If you really think about it, um, cellophane, cellophane heroes by the Kinks. It's all about the Hollywood movie stars and like the biggest stars from the 1950s. We barely know, you know. Um, but you bring up somebody from the latest TikTok, and <laughs> you know everything about them because you've seen them eat cereal in the morning. You know, is it too much? Is there too much media? I hear a lot of people getting anxiety from opening their apps and doing stuff. And I do. I have to say I do. I had to take a little, I was getting a little bit of anxiousness. Um, and then I went out and got some herb. I really think I deal with anxiety and anxiousness. Herb, if done right, can be a great tool is how I'm, you know, playing it now, you know, just to, I mean, that's one of the reasons I love cannabis is, uh, is it how it cuts away my anxiety. Sometimes it adds to it. So that's why 
it's great to be educated and informed and honest about it. Um, one of Lenny Bruce's uh, famous jokes is like this fake pot commercial about all marijuana being the same and he's like no 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 all marijuana is like completely different and all this shit and uh because you know you can have good herb you can have bad herb there's the dark side to all this shit man um oh shit i hope you guys didn't hear it that was like a my computer buzzing up um somebody's calling and uh, my messages are connected to my laptop and shit uh but uh yeah man I love doing this podcast. I love listening, uh, talking to you guys. Oh, there's the end of that coffee jam. Um, yeah, I would say dark pie, pie hole number five is a great strain. This is Cuban coffee. That's why I think I got some anxiety. The other, I think this is, this is a dark roast. I think this is a... Cuban coffee. Um, this is rich. Yeah, I think it's from. It's from Rockville, Maryland. Yeah, Cafe Cubana roast. I think this is a really super caffeinated because I was worried about doing this podcast because I, I wasn't feeling the mojo, but with a little pie hole number five and some uh dark roast coffee we're off to the races <laughs> i sat there and talked about humble pie for 20 minutes uh, we'll get some rock tunes on there uh some beats i love making the music for this podcast all the stuff i'm doing myself i appreciate it sign up for the patreon hook it up uh rob cantrell coffee on patreon and you can check out the videos i'm going to be doing more of these um yeah Try to get smoke some weed with Mel Brooks uh, and talk about his book. I should give him a shout out. I bet I could probably do it. I could, maybe we'll see. We'll see that. That's a good thing. I'm going to write that one down. You know, with weed, I get sometimes you get great ideas. And the thing about comedian, you got to always have notebooks around. And I love I got like, oh, man, I got some great notebooks. Um, you know, I got a great legal pad. I'm doing a bunch. Of, don't you love a good legal pad? Don't you? love a good legal pad oh I, i'm not using it right now but i got a fresh yellow one just ready to rock <laughs> I, don't, I haven't had a corporate job in so long so i get hyped on some legal pads because i can get some shit done i'll be making lists i'll be doodling up a storm you don't even know kid oh yeah email Mel Brooks and ask him for a Zoom to talk about his book. And I'm going to be smoking some herb and having some coffee and talking to him. Um, yeah, we'll see. Maybe he's heard of me. Maybe not. I never know what my grade and I try not to think about it. But no, uh, with comedy, the only thing is there's one guy in the book I do know. He talks about this business, this uh, like showbiz uh, business accountant. And I did come across him one time for a check and I do know him. He's actually, uh, yeah, he's, he's been in some movies when he was, he was like a, I know him, I remember him because he was like a teenage star, but then he was a smart cat and went to uh, college and, and finance school. And now he's like an entertainment lawyer killing it. Um, and a very cool, funny person. I think that's what Mel Brooks talks about is like all his friends, the agents, the managers, even the actors, the writers, like he really, you know, with stand up comedy, you get trapped into like a hole of just like stand up comedy. And that's it, which I've never been. You know, I've always done music. I've always had some side project or like the cannabis coffee hour or something like that. Um, so it's like, uh, yeah, it's just being friends with everybody, you know, but over the years, you know, you get bitter towards people's showbiz stuff goes down. You, you figure out somebody's a psychopath <laughs> um, uh, and you and, you know, and then you then you just start to not trust people. And that's not a good spot to be. I'm trying to trust the universe. I am trusting the universe. 
I'm going to email Meg, Mel Brooks and see if I can push this through. Um, and I did get a good, nice note there. You got to write stuff down. Uh, if you're smoking good, a good, uh, you know, a, a sativa leaning herb, definitely have a, a legal pad in the pen and paper ready to go and <laughs> see what you might come up with. You could come up with the next uh, paper clip. I did get a, I just got a big thing of paper clips, brand new. If you're, if you're a good smoker, don't you love a good paper clip? And then there's never any of the, and if you have a stoner in the house, there's never any paper clips laying around. <laughs> you could throw all your papers because they're the best cleaning device. Cause you got to clean this. My thing was, I, I cleaned it out. I think I'm going to start being super like I'm going to treat this whole thing with respect and really clean out my, um, my one hitter every episode and really concentrate on building a relationships with some of these new legal cannabis companies that are popping up here in New York. Shout out to Mr. Nice Guys um, and shout out to uh, Peace and Love and, and Happy Pride Month. And, uh, and uh, the thing about the, you know, all of the, you know, LGBT rights um awareness that is opening up it really puts me in a cool spot of letting go of what i really understand <laughs> in in the sense of you know i i you know i i'm an ally in the full sense to you know lgbt uh, the gay community, they've always been good to me. I love San Francisco. I love good artists. If you're in the show business, I mean, that's, it's, it's, you know, that's just how, it, um, and then the same thing with the cannabis movement needs to like, cause people are going to do what people do, uh, in terms of, you know, sexuality. I've always thought that I've, I've always thought like, like since the beginning of time, like, there was cannabis and then there was, you know, you, people are going to smoke weed and then people are going to be gay. That's just how it works. That's, you know, it's a part of, you know, the, all these things are options of nature that kind of evolve and move forward. I don't know. That's how, maybe I'm talking too much on the herb out, but um, that's kind of kind of just the, the letting go, I guess, is what I'm, uh, is what I'm feeling is and that's where I am in with my age is like, you know, I think it's for their generation. It's for the next one, because I know when the gay rights movement, you know, start to happen in the 40s and 50s, you know, it, gay people were beaten and killed. And it, it was just a homophobia, you know, it was ran rampant in uh, early society, you know, and then them coming out and building communities is so inspiring in the sense of, uh, you know, just new things and seeing things truthfully, you know? So I think there's a lot of inspiration there. So shout out to, you know, Pride Month. That's all I wanted to say. And then I think I hit a little bit of herb and I talked too long and hopefully I didn't say anything. <laughs> but I'm trying not to even be that type of cat, man. I'm trying not to judge myself or judge others. I, you know, I'm going to make mistakes. I'm going to do stuff. Um, but I think if you're aware I guess that's what I was trying to say is just awareness. And I, I'm, I'm just so aware of how fun this podcast is. So I appreciate you listening. And I'm so aware how much I love coffee, how much I love cannabis and just all the legal things that are sprouting up on the East Coast. I really think New York opening up to cannabis like, dude, it, you know, you smell it on the street everywhere. Now we have dispensaries and it's just getting fully, fully legal and when the people get behind it, it's just so fucking dope. Um, all right. With that, I'm going to say I'm out. Or, oh, you know, my show, Brooklyn uh, at Brooklyn, uh, Rob Cantrell, Super Friends. I have a show in Brooklyn at Littlefield. Check it out. Uh, I love you. Uh, I am thankful for you guys listening. And I'll catch you out there. I